All right. I'm recovering from compulsive overeating and compulsive yo-yo dieting. Um, thank you for having me. It's an honor to share my story. Um, I'm going to share a little bit about my past, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about where I am today and kind of how I got there. Um, so I was in OA, traditional OA in my 20s, after a abusive childhood, um, which I left when I was 16 to go to college. I realized, oh, that's a good way to go and get out of here. And um, I left my family, which was a very um, violent and dysfunctional home. Um, and I'll just share a little bit about my food and family issues. Uh, I grew up in a family where my stepdad and my mom would say things like, um, you know, your mom is overweight, uh, but you're very fat and it's okay for her to be overweight because she's got a personality and you don't. So you better lose weight. And my mom would proceed to go to these um, outlet stores where she would buy piles of certain foods and pile them up and say, don't eat them. We know you're going to. Don't eat them because you're already fat. So don't eat them. So it was a pretty, you know, dysfunctional is a nice way to put it. It was also physically violent and um, very guilt-inducing and blaming. So fast forward, I I got out of there and left home and went to college early. And I didn't know anything about normal adult living because I grew up in that place. Um, so when I was in college, I just thought you eat everything you see. It's so great. No one's watching you. And I made friends. Somehow I was very resilient. And, um, you know, I just, I forgot about my family. I put them out of my head, except on breaks, which, you know, was a whole other situation that I had to deal with going back there. But when I was at college, it was a food free for all. I just, you know, ate whatever. I had no idea about boundaries. Um, and I gained a lot of weight when I was in college, but my self-esteem was already so low. I, I don't think that at that time I realized being larger size that it would make me feel bad later in my life. So I graduated from college. I never dated. I, I just felt like the world was not a place that romance or you know, dating was for me, it was for other people. Um, and when I graduated from college, I went to New York and I um, realized I didn't know anything about being an adult. I had no idea how to do it. So somehow I found out about adult children of alcoholics, Al-Anon and Overeaters Anonymous. And I just basically ran there desperately after you know, many months of feeling depressed and lonely. I was in grad school and I just ran there. I ran to those rooms and that's basically where I grew up. I learned everything there was to know about being an adult, how to interact, how to talk to people, how to set boundaries, how to, you know, just value myself. It, it, it was really an amazing journey. I didn't care that it was religious or not. I I just did whatever they said and it became my family. Um, so I grew up there in those rooms. I would go, I would spend the whole weekend 
going from meeting to meeting to meeting. In those days, we would go out to eat every meal together. And it was just a, it was just an amazing family. Um, so fast forward about 10 years and I, I grew up in the rooms and, um, I joined this uh, kind of meditation group and found a new family away from the 12 steps. And I kind of drifted away over time from the disease model. I didn't believe that I was going to be incurably diseased for the rest of my life. I also got treatment for disordered eating from therapists and I just drifted away. I felt like, well, I'm all better now. I don't need it anymore. I'm grown up. I, I'm I'm done with all of that. So I left the 12 steps um, and I left recovery. And fast forward 30 years, I spent um, basically compulsively eating, um, feeling terrible about weight gain and realizing that um, my entire life was focused on how much weight I was either losing or gaining, um, guilt about eating, um, feeling terrible about my body all the time, 30 years, even though I got married, I had kids, I had a great career, always in, in the kind of the background in my mind every day, all the time, thinking about my size, my size dictated who I socialized with, who I dated, um, how I felt about myself, um, what clothes I wore, everything was always there, just nonstop. And even though I had been in the 12 steps, it was almost as if, you know, I had been in the 12 step programs and OA, I forgot everything, went out of my mind as if I had never even been there, except for all of the stuff I learned in Al-Anon and um, ACOA about boundary setting, everything about the food. It was as if I had never been there. And I just proceeded to go from diet to diet, from program to program, joining everything, trying everything. And I always wondered, I wonder why I can't lose weight. And occasionally it would come into my mind because you have an eating disorder, you have a disordered eating, you need to go back to the you know program. And I tried, I came in and out, in and out, and I just could not embrace the whole idea that a higher power would save me. When I was younger, I thought, yes, I need a higher power. I, I didn't really have parents that I could rely on. Sure. I believed in the higher power of the group. I, I didn't have a deity, but I believed in the higher power of the group and good orderly direction. That's That was my higher power, but I couldn't do it. Um, later in life, I just, I became more secular. I embraced Eastern philosophies and meditation. And I just didn't believe there was going to be some deity that saved me from eating. And I really am a social scientist. And I believed that um, any, any recovery that I had would have to come from um, good evidence-based psychology, but I could never find that. I couldn't find what I needed most, which was daily support. I needed that support that I had in those 12-step days, people to hold my hands, check in with. We used to call it bookending. You would call somebody at the beginning of whatever activity or meal, and then you would call them at the end and say, I did it, or I need help. And I needed that because I was still 
you know, recovering from growing up in a very abusive um, family, it was always with me that I didn't have this internal support system. And I really didn't have, um, I didn't share with anyone in my life that I was a compulsive eater. Nobody knew. People just thought I had a weight problem. Um, So I kept it to myself with a lot of shame. Nobody knew that I was struggling. They just thought, well, you gain weight. You know, you had kids, you, you can't lose it. You don't eat right. And I thought that too. And sometimes it would, like I would come out of a dream and I'd say, no, you need help. Get the help you need. And I would go to this program that uh, was 12 step, like an offshoot of OA. And they were three meals a day, nothing in between, very rigid. And I kept trying that for about five years and I kept failing and I would keep trying. I kept thinking, that's the right way. Just follow their plan. And it was very dictatorial. You have to eat three meals a day, nothing in between, only what's on this list. And I kept failing. And then one day during COVID, I thought, you know what? There must be a secular version of some 12 step. And I knew because I was in that, in the kind of social science field, of course, there were moderation management and rational recovery. I wonder if there's something like that for overeaters. So I started Googling and I found secular OA. I thought, wow, let me, let me check that out because I was still stealing food, eating um, everybody's leftovers. When I cleaned up, I would, um, basically start eating at four in the afternoon and not stop till bedtime, whenever that was. And, you know, I became what doctors called morbidly obese. Um, and I couldn't lose weight. I just kept trying program after program. I was, I was, I remember one, the last one I tried was called, um, warrior babes or something. And you get this coach and she coaches you to stop eating that food and just go work out, lift weights, build muscle. And, you know, you have to report your food. And I just couldn't do it. I failed capital F. And she said, I can't work with you. You know, you have some kind of problem. And finally I realized I've got to stop this dieting. So I went to this um, person who wrote a book on intuitive eating. Linda, you're halfway through. Thank you. I spent thousands of dollars for her to tell me, eat what you want. (laughs) And basically she said, eat the food you want, intuitive eating, listen to your body, let it go. I said, what if I gain weight? She said, buy larger clothes. Like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to try it. So I tried it. Of course I gained weight and I did buy larger clothes, but I was miserable. And then that's when I went back to uh, looking at secular OA. And I thought, you know what? I cannot diet anymore. I cannot. um, I had gone to a cardiologist. The cardiologist said, you know, you got to lose weight or you have to get on medication. And I was so mad. I didn't want to, you know, go on medication at that time. So I said, forget it. I'm just going to the secular OA. I'm going to try it. And I've been here ever since. It's been January will be a year. It's only been a year. Um, And basically I took everything I learned from all of those diets and I looked at the food freedom manual and I basically put together my own version of the steps, um, which can be summed up as I have a problem. I cannot fix it myself. I need help. 
And for me, it's the social part of this program. It's the everyday um, support that I get from meetings. I started coming to three meal, uh, three meetings a day, and I just kept that up for months. Three meetings a day, every day. Sometimes I would go to four, or I'd go to parts of meetings. And they said, get a food plan. I'm like, I am not getting a food plan because I'm never going on a diet again. And I realized that I could make my own food plan through the food freedom manual. And I came up with what I learned in intuitive eating plus good nutrition. And I called it intentional eating. And for me, that was basically putting guardrails around my meals so that I knew when there was a beginning, a middle and an end. And I started to just use very basic beginning micro habits. At first, it was just the guardrails around the meals. And then it was not eating after a certain time in the evening. And then it was taking everything that I knew. And I knew a lot from all those dieting things just to create a meal that would be nutritionally sound. And lo and behold, after 30 years, I started to lose weight. I couldn't believe it. I was losing weight for the first time ever. So I just kept doing it. And then I lost more weight. And I still have a long way to go, but I went from morbidly obese to just, just obese. Wow, that was pretty good. I couldn't believe it. You know, I hadn't lost weight in 30 years. And so I just kept doing it. And I changed my food plan little by little. I forgot all about that abstinence was supposed to be this or that or some dieting idea. And I just used micro changes. And then I stopped focusing on the food because I knew how to do it. And I started to focus on recovery as a whole and incorporating, reincorporating meditation, contemplation, I even joined a spiritual community that has nothing to do with God, but it has to do with um, what I call spiritual is getting in touch with my spirit, my resilience, and seeing that in others um, and kind of honoring that in different meditative ways and service. Service is, you know, basically for me, how I recover. I come to meetings, connect with others every day. I sponsor um, I still, my food is not a diet plan. It it really is based on nutrition. And somebody once shared with me that it's okay to enjoy food. I, I don't want to be neutral around food. That doesn't work for me. I want to enjoy it. If I don't enjoy it, I don't eat it. And that goes for things with sugar in it. I, I don't um, leave out any category of foods for me. That was not my problem. I didn't have one category or another that triggered me. The only category I really leave out is stuff that's um, over-processed, over-palatable, manufactured stuff that's in a box or a bag or um, not really food. So I really try to focus on whole foods that are not made in a factory. Um, that's my only kind of category of food that I don't eat. Um Five more minutes. Thank you. So I've recovered a lot in these years where I was struggling before I came back to secular OA. I tried every time I would try and fail and try and fail and try and fail. Um, I could have given up and had no hope. 
And the one thing that I kept, you know, alive is that there's got to be something out there for me. There's got to be some hope. And I never gave that up. I kept trying. Even the diets, they were all attempts to find a way that would work for me. And then I found Secular OA and I haven't left. It's now my family. I feel like that's my family. No one is telling me how to do it or what to do. Everything is a suggestion. I don't have to admit character defects to recover. I don't have to embrace a deity to recover. I don't have to tell anyone I'm sorry to recover. I can do that to be a good person if I want to, but that has absolutely nothing to do with my personal recovery. And I love that. I love that we are free thinkers, that we're critical thinkers here, and that we can recover by designing what works for us and using that food freedom manual, which is really grounded in evidence. So I do my intentional eating. It's been since March 21st um, that I've been doing intentional eating. And I'm, you know, I'm still, my physical recovery is still happening. But what's really changed is my self-esteem. When I look back at the pictures from my childhood and adolescence, I was shocked to see I was not that. I was not that. They were lying. They were they were nuts is what they were. They were dysfunctional. And that idea of guilt and shame is what drove my compulsive eating. So my biggest recovery has been in dropping shame and guilt. I Even if I'm not perfect with food, I have not overeaten in all of this time and I've not binged, but I'm not always perfect. Sometimes I take food that's too rich or I don't put the boundary around it exactly the way I wish I would. It's not ideal all the time, but I, I dropped the guilt. That's what I dropped. And I'm abstinent from guilt about food. To me, the driver of the overeating was the shame and guilt. I shouldn't have done it. And that would lead to more, more overeating, more binging. And once I dropped that, my relationship to food became peaceful and I don't empower food to drive me to eat more. I make a choice to be abstinent every day or to be, you know, use intentional eating. And that choice, I can make that with the support of this program. And I still go to three meetings a day, even if it's for five minutes. I like progress, not perfection. I like take what you like and leave the rest. So I hope that's helpful. And I'm just so grateful to people who are, you know, creating secular OA for us and with us because they're still around. It's not like they're 30 years in the past. This is a new program that saved my life. It really literally did because I'm not on medication and I don't need it for today. So thank you so much for letting me share.